Hello again, and thank you for tuning in to our podcast, which we're calling Thinking About It, which is what Dr. Fowler and I do fairly often in as much as we are engaged in ministry here at Grandview Baptist Church, where I'm the lead pastor. My name is Bob McGregor, and Stan is a, a professor emeritus at Heritage. And we've often thought um, out loud between ourselves about things that th- we believe should be um, in the uh, broader conversation of evangelicals. And so this podcast is dedicated to that. Stan, I've got my Bible open at uh, Daniel chapter 6, where, you know, as you know, Daniel uh, was a devout uh, believer, a, a worshiper of God living in Babylon, uh, the city of Jerusalem, the temple, all the infrastructure that supported his faith was destroyed. He's living in a pagan country. And uh, this verse says, Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and during the reign of Cyrus the Persian. He prospered. A, a godly man prayed regularly and he prospered. More and more, we, we Canadians, evangelical Christians, uh, feel that we're living in a uh, sometimes not even a post-Christian culture, but an anti-Christian culture. And we're going to talk today about how can we, like Daniel, prosper not just materially, I think we are grateful to God that there is material prosperity, but how can we, as uh, people living on mission for the Lord Jesus Christ, prosper and advance the mission uh, in a new age? There's a whole lot to talk about here, Bob, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. I think it's, it, you mentioned Daniel uh, prospering in Babylon. He was there as an exile, and and the language of exile and stranger, foreigner, is picked up by Peter in First Peter 2 mm. to describe who the disciples of Christ are in, in this age. Uh, he's writing, of course, in the context of the first century Roman world, but in, in so many ways, our contemporary context, our time and place is much like the first century Roman world. And so Daniel did prosper, but he did prosper as an exile, and he prospered as an exile who took seriously the fact that that he and fellow Hebrews were a counterculture. Earlier on in the book of Daniel, we see that um, the various ways in which Daniel and others refused to bow mm-hmm. to to pagan demands, and so he didn't prosper by simply becoming like the Babylonians. But God blessed him, and, and he prospered in many ways. So it seems to me that part of, part of what we have to do is, is to recapture and reaffirm the New Testament picture of the church as a counterculture. We are strangers and exiles. We are uh, citizens of a, a kingdom, mm-hmm. really, for which we are waiting mm-hmm. to come in its fullness, we owe allegiance to a king, to the, the God-man who's exalted at the right hand Amen. of the Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. And he is the one who ultimately is providentially ordering this age. No matter what may appear to be the case in Ottawa or Washington or Moscow. But, but, but we are a counterculture. And in Jesus' terms, we're, we're, we're salt of the earth and light of the world. Salt, he says, has to remain salty, has to be distinct. So we have to be distinct, and yet we have to be redemptively involved in the world as counterculture. 
So when we think about the comparison between the first century uh, Roman world and uh, the exile that Daniel lived in, there, there was a, a way of looking at the culture. In Babylon, there was an established pagan religion. Uh, in the first century, there was the Roman religious institution and their gods, and the Christian knew that he stood against that. That was the official religion. Is that the way it is in Canada? You often hear people say that, that Canada is multicultural, multireligious. There is no monolithic state religion that uh, kind of unites all of Canadians. So you know, what are the rules of Babylon, as it were, today? Well, I think we have, we have to recognize that there's no official sense in, in which Canada says to Bible-believing Christians, you can't be who you are. But it works itself out in in subtle ways. Mm -hmm. Actually, thinking about the first century Roman world, in in the Roman world, there there was an acceptance of diverse philosophical and religious traditions. What What was unacceptable in many ways in the Roman world about the church was that the church claimed exclusive allegiance and claimed that mm-hmm. everyone should give their exclusive allegiance to the risen Christ, who is Lord. And and my sense is that in our time and place, um, something like that is going on, as, as um, many of the elites are saying, well, yeah, we're for freedom of religion, but that's about what you do inside those four walls on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Or in, or in your home, or in your private conversations, but you can't bring that into the public square at all. And and good Canadians don't make exclusive claims mm-hmm. that say no. It's not polite. Right. It's impolite to, to, to say that other people are wrong in what they believe or the way they live. So in the Roman world, Caesar was lord, and they would tolerate all kinds of legal religions as long as you would affirm uh, the absolute sovereignty of Caesar, and Christians would say, no, Jesus is Lord. Is there um, in Canada, assumed or otherwise, a, a, a sense in which we would say, no, this is Lord, this is Canadian. If you are not this, you are outside of Canadian mainstream and maybe even Canadian law. Well, I think it shows up in a, in a variety of ways. I mean, I think, for example... We, we've come to a place now at which a, a traditional conservative with traditional Christian conservative values, frankly, can't function as the leader of a political party. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember um, just a few years ago Prime, when uh, Stephen Harper was prime minister, when he made a trip to Israel, uh, and he took along with them uh, various religious leaders from Canada. While they were over there, somebody at the Globe and Mail, as I recall, discovered that one of those pastors there was was an AGC pastor, and, and they dug up a sermon he had preached a year or two earlier mm-hmm. from Romans 1, speaking negatively about homosexual activity. And and the up the up uh, roar was, how can a person who holds those views represent Canada? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we, we do tend to have this assumption that some of these things that have become law in Canada, legal realities, 
have to be affirmed morally. And, and so anybody who, who denies that is somehow un-Canadian. If you mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. the right to abortion, if you question same-sex marriage, well, that's not really Canadian. I want Canada, every Canadian, to know Jesus, to be a evangelical, born-again, God-fearing, Bible-loving Christian. I think it's still okay for me to say that. Oh, uh, amen and amen. Okay. Um, but it's it's probably not going to happen on my watch. So, but I do want Canada to be different than it is. I have a, an interest in the progression of our country that would pop, uh, put me in alliances with people who are not evangelicals. So I have a lot um, of agreement with newcomers to Canada who come from conservative uh, uh, regions that are have other religions, Hindus, Buddhists, um, all different kinds of uh, Muslims even. They Muslims come to Canada. who are not Islamists. Yeah, right. and, and uh, I find myself resonating with a lot of their values. And is, is it possible that when we think about having an impact in our culture that we can align ourselves, not in terms of our core mission, but in terms of seeking the welfare of our city, of our country, that we could align with people from different faith backgrounds, but whose values we share and whose values, values, quite frankly, are probably more Canadian than the ones that are being foisted on us right now. Oh, I think we, we have to think in those terms. I mean, the scripture itself makes clear that God has revealed himself to all human beings in a general way, mm-hmm. apart from the Bible. And so, there, frankly, I mean, among the religions of the world, in terms of their official commitments, their moral commitments, there, there's a large amount of agreement. Mm-hmm. And... And we need to we need to press that point. So we need to recognize we need to make our case in a way that takes seriously God's general revelation. We need to recognize we have allies in making our case, and and we need I I like the language of a principled pluralism. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're a pluralistic society, but the, but we need to take that seriously and not shut down traditional religious voices, Christian. And otherwise, but there are ways in which we can say, while there are many things we don't agree on, there are there are many values that we do in fact share mm-hmm. about the value of human life, about about the definition of marriage, for example, about so the value of human life at both beginning and end of life. Yeah, there are ways we need to do it. So that means I think that serious Christians who who do want to be positively involved as a counterculture for the benefit of the wider culture, mm-hmm. we, we need to f- find ways to make a winsome and engaging case for why there's benefit in those values. And we need to enlist other allies to help us. So someone in our church says, I want to run for office. Um, would we give them counsel as to how to do that successfully? Because you know, if there's not a good strategy, they're going to get blown out of the water. Uh, just before they even get in the water. So is would we say to them, all right, you need to build an alliance with different faith traditions and go where maybe your conscience troubles you from time to time, but for the sake of shared values, it might be the best way for you to influence our country. 
I think clearly so. And also, I, I would want to say to that person, you need, you need to understand what your goals are. The, the goal is not to make God's moral law the law of the land. The, the goal is, is to move our land forward in positive ways, but dealing realistically with who we are as a nation. Mm-hmm. We can't uh, ask every Canadian to, to behave as if they are, to, or to believe as if they are Bible-believing Christian. So our, our aims are limited. So, for example, I would counsel a person, if you're elected at the federal level and you have the opportunity in caucus to make the case for reopening the abortion question, recognize that any law that we could get passed and enforced would almost certainly have to have allowances in it for exceptional cases where we would not counsel abortion as a personal choice, but as the legal reality, we, we have to have more modest goals. And, and, so and yet you, there is the possibility mm-hmm. of making progress if we keep those things in mind. So you think evangelicals should settle with some abortion laws that maybe go halfway? It's better than nothing. I think if we had been willing, if we had been willing to speak in defense of the law passed in 1989. I agree. If we had been willing to say to senators... In some ways, we wish the exceptions were narrower, mm-hmm. but frankly, this is probably as good as it can be. And, 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 and we, although at a personal level, would counsel a more yeah. restrictive mm-hmm. approach, we want this law in place. I think if, we had, if, if the religious right, so to speak, had spoken mm-hmm. in that way, we probably would have that law. And now we have nothing. Now Absolutely have nothing. nothing. It's incredible. So Even the progressives in Europe have some law. Right. There is some. There are ways for believers to get involved, but we have to do it thoughtfully, realistically, and in a way that's really winsome and engaging. Well, Dr. Stan, we've been thinking about it. I think we've got some more thinking to do on this subject, but we're out of time. Uh, we're glad that you've been able to uh, tune in and listen to us. Dr. Stan and I will be uh, having more of these conversations, and we hope to include you in the days to come. I'm Bob McGregor, lead pastor at Grandview Baptist Church, with Dr. Stan Fowler, elder and professor emeritus at Heritage. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you.